Good morning. Good morning, FC. Good to see you guys. Want to give you an update on uh, my Cleveland vacation coming up. Uh, we're going on vacation with the Willards uh, up to Cleveland. We actually do like to go on cruises together, but this is a different one. And uh, so I'm glad we're not on a cruise. It's like being locked down for like months on end for the coronavirus. So we, we missed that one, thank goodness. But um, for the one or two of you that might not know, uh, this lady over here is, is uh, super sick. Yay. And, uh, and so we've been praying for her for a long time. I feel like I'm a little hot, like not just dazzling, but like I feel like the mic's a little hot. Uh, maybe. But uh, so um, we are going up this Tuesday. We check in. Uh, surgery starts Wednesday morning for um, the liver transplant. So they take a third of my liver and they give it to her. And so uh, it is fantastic what they can do. Um, we are just been super impressed with every person up there at Cleveland Clinic, and uh, we feel like we are in the top like one percent of surgeons in the world, and and uh, they just ooze confidence. They're like the fighter pilots of of medicine, and uh, like they're just amazing. And so we'll be up there. Um, just wanted you guys to know it's a little scary, but uh, just my surgery is four to six hours, and Nicole's is ten to twelve, and so there will not even be any updates. Like, mine will be the soonest in the afternoon, hers sometime in the evening. And so just be patient. Uh, Facebook is going to be your best source. Please do not uh, just try to barrage uh, the staff or, or anybody in my family. That would be amazing. Uh, my phone will be off. And, uh, and so uh, we'll just let that thing just simmer there for a while. But um, updates will be coming. Uh, Danielle's got a couple people that she's calling. Uh, our couple family members, and then uh, Dave, Super Dave, our other executive director. And so those updates will trickle through and out onto Facebook. So if you've not friend requested me up until now, why not? And, uh, and so do so. I would love to be your Facebook friend. And, uh, and so uh, grab me before uh, this, this Wednesday, and then you'll, you'll know everything as fast as basically everybody else. A really cool fundraiser today if you need a haircut or an updo. Uh, the ladies, the team over at M Studio, Melissa McGurko owns that. It's where I get this sweet fade and uh, from Allison Smith and uh, the whole team there they're even stacking with extra people to for four hours just do everything for donation hundred percent going to Nicole and I's expenses associated with uh, the surgery so how cool is that and uh, yeah give us some applause for M studio and uh, so Allison is usually here and smiling or working with our kids, and she's there just preparing for, for hopefully a very busy four hours. I'm going to stop by and sweep some hair or something. So, and, uh, but I hear there's cookies too, so that might be my real motivation. But um, just wanted you guys to know that uh, we will, um, you know, I'll be back up on, on Facebook and social media, hopefully within a few days of that, and, and uh, just really appreciate your prayers. A um, couple things at the end of the service today. When Andrew closes, he's going to have us all uh, just stay in your seats, but we're going to pray as a, as a church over the four of us, uh, Nicole and her husband Sluggo and Danielle and I, and then uh, they need to get out of here. Nicole actually cannot have a lot of, really shouldn't have any contact with anybody. If a, a bad cold could 
throw our surgery off. And so, um, so uh, don't think her as rude. She's actually quite nice. And uh, she would love to hug all of you, but she really shouldn't. So we're going to pray as a church that way, and then they're going to leave. If you want to stay a little bit later, uh, we have some... Raise your hand if you're an elder from across the street at Trinity. If you came from Trinity today to pray over us today, these are my friends from the church I grew up in across the street. Can you welcome them? The reason why I'm so adamant about, not just because my name's Adam, but the reason why I'm so adamant, bad dad joke right there, I got more, but uh, the reason why I'm so adamant about going to uh, people for, for prayer, prayer teams for prayer, is because that's the environment I grew up in across the street, and that is that you don't do life alone, and you go to people that love Jesus, love you, and they will pray with you, and so that's the culture I grew up in, we're, we're raising that up here, and so these men and their wives, they came over here today to pray over Danielle and me. And so if you want to stay after for that prayer time, it's going to be about 15 minutes after service. So I uh, just wanted to update you on all of that. Oh, last thing for prayer, Miss Brenda, raise your hand. Miss Brenda, love Brenda. She has a prayer calendar. And so if you want to put your name on a date uh, that you want to lift up and take responsibility for a day and help cover us in prayer, that would be fantastic. Okay. Now back to your regular programming. So I've like had to get used to getting blood drawn in this process. And uh, like the first one was like 35 vials, which absolutely freaked me out when they like laid this row of like glass on the table. And I'm like, what, is there gonna be anything left? And uh, it's like, all of that was still left. And like, if you actually go to like Red Cross and give blood, so I was just being a bit of a baby. But when you see 35 containers and, and your first arm actually runs out and they have to go to another one and it's like, wow. But, but I'm watching all these tests come in uh, through my chart, which is pretty cool, except it's like scary when you see one come in out of bounds and you're like, whoa, I'm, I'm like, I'm a mess. And, and all these tests come back in and it shows the standard range that they should be in and then where your number is, right? And so I just had 18 more, thank you very much, uh, taken a few days ago. And part of what they're concerned about with me, uh, what's, because I basically got like inspected tip to tail in this process, and so they uncovered that I have high cholesterol. Now, those of you that have eaten with me like are like, duh, like that's my first, like, I make sure everything I eat has cholesterol in it. Like that's, that's one of my favorite food groups. And, uh, and so, but one of the studies, you know, one of the uh, things showed some plaque already, you know, around my heart. And so, so the Holy Spirit, otherwise known as Danielle in my house, uh, she cracked down on me. And, and, uh, and so, but I say that jokingly, but here's a statistic for you. And, and I'm going to make a point with this. And that is, is that a hundred million of us Americans have higher than healthy cholesterol levels. That is one-third of us. I say that number not so that you, you know, go running out and get on, get on Lipitor like I am now or worrying about what you eat. Maybe you should. But I want to relate that to our situation as a culture today, and that is based on society, based on the norms, I am normal. Surprise. So I could say, well, everybody's got high cholesterol. So, and maybe I've done that. 
But my point of this message is today, and the big thought for today is, and, and this is following up to some things I touched on a couple weeks ago, is that normal is usually not healthy. And so we base our standards on the world around us, and we just think, okay, well, if I'm in as much debt or less debt as my neighbor next to me, if I've got as nice of a car as they've got or, or relative, we look at the people around us, we look at the world around us, we look at the stats, and so many even questions on the Googler is, what is normal? Like, what is the average of this? And, and we just look at that and we think, okay, as long as I'm eh, somewhere in there, then I am okay, right? And so we're in this series called Not This Year, Satan. We've been moving through different topics. Faith, community, joy, following Jesus, health, giving. Uh, because when we look at topics like this, these are all areas that we know we need victory in, but the problem is we get distracted or we lose our focus on those areas because when we look around us, we just realize that we're normal. It's quite normal right now for people to be pretty lousy at community. Most of us in this room have not had a family or a person that is not related to us eat dinner in our home in the last few months. Hello? Now, this was normal in my house because my parents are crazy, and they'd feed the whole world if they could, and they get mad if people don't come over for dinner after church. And so, but if you think about it, we are terrible at community because, and now even more so, because we've fallen for a substitute, which does keep us connected to people, and I probably know more things about people's vacations and kids' trophies than I care to know about because of things like social media. Did I say that out loud? Um, my kid beat up your honor student. That's all I'm saying. But uh, that's not community. Community is when people spend time together. And so if we look at the world around us and we think, well, I have as much community as the next person, I'm fine. No, you're really not. You need, you need to have a healthy amount of community. Well, if my finances, I mean, the average amount of debt for the average family, well, I'm average. Doesn't mean you're healthy. That's what I'm getting at with this, is that God has a higher standard, uh, standard for us. In Matthew 16, 23, it says this. Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. And so this series is called Not This Year, Satan. And basically, Jesus looked at Peter, one of his 12, one of his best friends, one that he would say that he would build his church on, and he said, get away from me. Not today, Satan. Like, this isn't going to happen. Why? And Jesus articulates it. He said, you are seeing this from a human point of view. What's going on here? Jesus is getting closer and closer to the cross. And he's trying to drop hints to these 12 who really aren't the brightest bulbs in the box. This is pre-LED. These guys are like one, you know, these guys are like, like those candles you get like and spend like $30 on a candle. These are like the one wick ones. Like these aren't bright ones. Like these are like, these guys are a little slow. And it even says in the scripture that Jesus is being careful to unfold the truth to them. And he starts telling them, he says, I'm going to die. I'm going to rise again. He's telling them this stuff. And then Peter says, no, 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 no. That is not what's best for you. What's best for you is that you wouldn't suffer. This, is, this shouldn't happen. And, and, and Jesus looks back at him and says, you are looking at this from the world's point of view. 
And if I look at the status of my community, if I look at the status of my financial situation, the status of my health, and if I just look from the world's point of view and say, eh, it's good. It's all good, right? God has better for us. We're seeing things from just a mer- merely a human point of view. 1 Corinthians 3, 18 and 19 says this. Got quiet in here. I'm hurting feelings or you guys are falling asleep. One or the other. Wake up. Stop deceiving yourselves. If you think you are wise by this world's standards, you need to become a fool to be truly wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. As the Scriptures say, He traps the wise in the snare of their own cleverness. You have to become a fool to become wise. And, and, and what, the, what the Word is saying here is that the things God asks us to do, the things He leads us through, the, the things that we uh, travel through to get to His stand for, standard for our life, they are not going to make sense to us. It does not make sense to, to, to carve this you know, specimen up that's healthy, right? Like, this is a thought. Like, are you crazy? No. I, had, I looked through and did the research, but what it ultimately came down to is that the Lord wants me to do it. And that's where that has to be enough for me. And so when, when we follow God, and that last song was, was perfect about that, and, and Andrew prayed about that, about the ocean's deep, there's going to be places where God takes us that we can't see the next step. And those moments are scary, and, and the wisdom of the world would say, find a handrail and some solid ground quick, even if it's ten steps backwards. And God would have us lean on Him in those situations and move through. So this thing, this wisdom that God is talking about is actually personified in, in Proverbs. And what I mean by that, it's actually described as a person. And guys, I'm sorry, but the Bible describes the woman as a, as, uh, describes wisdom as a female. I, I really think that's a blow to us, but if you've been married, you know she's always right anyways. And so the Bible calls wisdom a woman. And, and, and probably because it's, it's the best. And, and we'll just move on with that. Good answer. But we have this picture of wisdom being personified as a, as a entity unto itself. And the Scripture actually describes wisdom as being created at the beginning of all things. This is fascinating. And then there's the opposite of, of wisdom. The Bible will either say folly or foolishness. And we have this situation. Well, listen to Proverbs 8, 35, 36. It says, and this is wisdom talking here. If you want to read, uh, get introduced to Lady Wisdom, like chapters 8 and 9 of uh, Proverbs are, are really cool to read. It says in 8.35, 36, it says, For whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord, and those who miss me injure themselves. And all who hate me love death. Oh, my. All who miss me injure themselves. And think about the stupid things you've done and the injuries that have resulted from it. 
Like, I'm watching a one-and-a-half-year-old run through my house, and it is amazing how you can baby-proof beyond baby-proof, and yet they still find a way to hurt themselves. Like, the lack of wisdom leads to injury. This is something I'm witnessing. And, and God is, is fine with us growing through that, but how, how often, how long do we have to keep running into the same things? How often do we have to keep tripping over the same things? How, how many times does the same thing need to hurt us? And that's where if we will get to know wisdom, if we will trade our attempt at it for God's, it says that life comes after that. And so we're introduced to wisdom and foolishness. And in, in uh, Proverbs chapter 9, it says that both of them are inviting us. When it introduces wisdom, it says that she calls you and says, come in. Come in and eat with me. It introduces folly a few verses later, and it says that folly says, come here, stupid. I got your number. Right? Right? Oh, I've sat at the table of stupid man, and I have feasted. <laughs> Got the t-shirt. Right? They're both calling to us. And if you look back at your life, if you look back at every intersection, if you look back at every moment where you can see something shift in, in the path of your life and where you move towards life or you moved away from it, and, and you watch that decision, and you're, you're either eating at the table of wisdom or the table of folly. When I've met with young people down at the juvenile detention center, I said, you are four good decisions away from a new path. Because you're going to follow that trajectory, and it's going to aim you back towards life. And at the same time, we can take, we can take three bad turns and, and, and flush a whole lot of good stuff right down the drain. But God, throughout our lives, is waiting for us to just realign back with Him, with His wisdom, and get back on the path of life. Throughout this series, we have been challenged to play the game of life at a higher level. Listen to these verses. Wisdom, uh, in, wisdom is covered here in chapter 9, verse 6. It says, Leave your simple ways behind and begin to live. Learn to use good judgment. And then down here in verses 17 and 18, talks about folly. It says, stolen water is refreshing. Food eaten in secret tastes the best. But little do they know that the dead are there. Her guests are in the depths of the grave. We've been called and challenged in this series to play the game of life at a higher level. Because if there's areas where you know you need a victory in, it's an area where if you want a victory in anything, you've got to... You've got to train or, or move towards prepare for that victory. There's no, nobody's going to, unfortunately, we do hand out trophies these days, but nobody should be handing out trophies. You've got to earn it. And you can be, you can just, you've got to pursue it with everything, and you still might not be the best. <clears throat> Buckeyes, thanks. But what do you do? You get back and you're working, you're, you're looking towards that direction. And so it's not just going to find you. That victory is not just going to, oh, hey, there you are. No. It's going to be something that you have struggled with. And so you've got to make a, de a decision. Do you want the same results? If you want different, if you want God's victory in that area in your life, 
then we better apply his wisdom to that area. And so we need to play the game of life at a higher level. Who's played the actual board game of life? Like, this is a crazy little thing. You get your little plastic car, you get your little, you get your little plastic little peg people, and you pick up a little rug rat or two along the way, and, and, or three if you're really crazy, or more if you're really crazy, and, and, uh, and you're moving through, but the game of life teaches us that, that it's all about accumulating the dollars, accumulating the, the, re, the, the family members, accumulating the pieces of paper on the wall to say what you've, uh, you know, what you've achieved in your life, and, and it's all about these things that are really quite normal to care about. And, and I believe that we've been given responsibilities and, and, and charges in this world, things to steward. And so absolutely, I'm going to think about my future. I'm going to think about my bills. I'm going to think about my kids and the, the trajectory that they're on. But if I'm not careful, I'm just, I'm just moving through. And I'm going to have a start and I'm going to have a finish. And God wants it to be more than that. If I can pull back from that board game and say, God, what do you want to do along the way? How do you want to use this time of my life? How do you want to use this piece? How do you want me to honor you with this relationship? Because normal might not be healthy. We need to set our sights higher. Sometimes we can be distracted by a game while there's a war going on. And, 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 and true peace, joy, and purpose are not on the other side of our human goals. There's no, there's no dollar amount. There's no piece of paper. There's no finish line that I can cross that's going to just leave me with eternal peace. It's not there. And that's why I talked about that those blood tests is that if I'm just looking at my neighbor, if I'm just looking at the world around me and say, well, this is pretty good. I'm winning. This is good. I mean, and, and the disgusting side of that is, well, I've got better than my neighbor or I'm, you know, this, then I'm, I'm, I'm victorious. And, and we end up setting those things up and, and we, we are comparing ourselves to the wrong things. Most of us are not in danger of ruining our life. We face a much greater danger of wasting them. That's really good. Like, that's the best thing I got today. I'm going to say it again. Most of us are not in danger of ruining our lives. We face a much greater danger wasting them. That's because those goals, those goals of true peace, when you think about the real victories that you're chasing in your life, you're really chasing the, the things that come with them. You're really chasing peace. You're really chasing joy. You're really chasing love. When you're pursuing these things and, and, and you're trying to get the attention of people, you're really looking for love. When you're looking for a certain achievement, you're really looking for peace. When you're looking for a certain amount of completion in your life, you're really looking for joy. And those things are only found on the other side of the cross not on the other side of our achievements. And for us to get to the other side of the cross means we've got to go through Jesus. As long as we do things our way, we will never know true victory in our lives. 
because the best we can do is have a, a, an earthly achievement, and those feel pretty good. I, I celebrate those things. I think, I think you, should, you should, uh, should go after some goals and, and things that, that God is leading you through, and, and those things should be celebrated. You graduate, you, you get a promotion or something like that, you better take the family out to dinner. But don't make the mistake of thinking that that's where your identity at or that's where your crown is at or that's where your value as a person is at. And I try to make sure that everybody who serves here, thank you very much, and we, there's always room for more, that your value to this church is not what you do for us. Your value is that you're here as a person and now we're all a body and we, we complete it by doing the things that we've all been wired to do. But your value is deeper than what you physically do for this place. I love that Daniel's out there smiling and getting people across the street this morning. That's fantastic. Thanks, Daniel. But if Daniel, hey, give us up. I love our parking lot team. They are fantastic. But the day they can't or the day that they choose to do something else or, or, or whatever, that doesn't change the value. And so when we associate our value with that achievement, with the name on the desk, with the paycheck that comes with it, with the title, with the, with the perks, then, then we're a decision away by somebody else that our value changes. And so God has so much better for us. The, victors, the victories we are all pursuing are on the other side of the cross. Our wisdom can't get us there, and the cross is the only path to God's best for our lives. Do you believe that Peter meant well when he was talking to Jesus? Absolutely. This man was foolishly passionate for his Lord and Savior. He was, uh, he was, he was transparent. And, and, and I I'm, I'm definitely can relate to a Peter. You can usually tell how I feel about things um, and uh, wear my emotions out on my sleeves and I freak people out. I believe that Peter was absolutely in love with Jesus. And I believe he meant well when he would look at, at, at his Lord and Savior and say, oh, Master, I pray that you don't have to suffer. And you shouldn't. But then Jesus, he looks at Peter and says, you're seeing me this close. And I can see it from heaven's perspective. And I know that this suffering is going to set the world free. And so your friends might mean well. And friends do. And they can say some really silly things when you're going through hard times. And the church is full of wonderful expressions of just silly positivity. Like, God bless you, brother. Like, enjoy the, enjoy the, the surgery. Like, you know, nobody said that to me, but it's like, no. We're not up there to have fun. We're up there to get a job done. Like, this is, this is a little scary. Bless yourself, pal. unfiltered, a little raw. But what do we need? We need to trust that when God leads us to something, that it says right here after 1623, it says, anybody that wants to follow me. He finishes his little instructions to Peter of saying, you're not getting it. 
Anybody that wants to follow me, anyone, anybody that wants to fulfill the purposes and the best that God has for them, anybody that wants to find true joy, true peace, true love, there's a cross. You've got to go through the cross of Christ, and then it says you get to pick up your own. That'll empty a church. Like I heard it this way from Bishop T.D. Jakes. He said, your reward for completing a challenge is another challenge. Thanks. Thanks, Bishop. But what does that mean? It means that God is changing me in that course. And I can look back at the challenges in my life that I was not thankful for, did not pray for, wouldn't wish on people, wouldn't wish on anybody. But I can look back at the challenges in my life and I see that I have grown as a person through adversity. And so if I look at things from a human perspective, I say, I don't want anything to do with that. Then I could miss the thing that God wants to do through me. Your friends mean well, but only God knows best. Our normal isn't healthy. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, it says that all have sinned. Okay. Got a quick story. So I'm up in, uh, I won't say where, because I, I don't want anybody to feel any, throw another church under the bus, but I saw a sign in front of a church, and it said, we are open and affirming. I just threw up in my mouth. Like, that's, why would I be negative about something that sounds so positive? I'll go back to my grandson, who is just the cutest little man ever, but he is insane. As a grandfather, sounds very regal. Listen to your grandfather. Wouldn't it be great if I was just affirming grandpa? Good job. Oh, you have a handful of your diaper stuff. Good job. Let me affirm you in, in your good decisions. Please continue to stand on the ottoman so that you can fall again. Please punch my dog in the head again. All right, true story. The last time he visited with us, he had, uh, yeah, he has this little grocery cart, and he can push it at about 20 miles an hour in our house. And so he decided to chase the cockapoo. So, so Fergie is 13 years old. <laughs> She's an easy target. <laughs> what do I do the first time? I laugh. So then, so I affirm. So how can I be surprised when his, his favorite game is to chase Fergie repeatedly with the buggy and ram the cockapoo? So when I see a church that hangs a sign out in front that says we are open and affirming, here's the problem. Yes, those are both good things, and, and I, I am so glad that you're here. I am so glad that you are seeking uh, spiritual truth for your life and you are hungry for things that only God can provide and, and whatever reason brings a person in this door, whether it's your mom making you or you felt guilty, guilted by your spouse or you just thought this was like a Starbucks. I don't know. Like, whatever brought you in here, 
I affirm that you're here. Well, what I can't do is I can't just give you a broad stroke that says you are okay. Because the real reason why you're seeking God's truth and the real reason why you're seeking more than what you currently have is because deep down inside you know you're not okay. And so shame on me if somebody walks in hurting, depressed, and frustrated with life, and they might even want to keep this little thing over here off the table. But heaven help me if I say, we're just here to affirm you. Now, open is true. Anybody's welcome in this place. Now, if somebody comes in here and wants to cause trouble, they will be asked to leave. Done it before, I'll do it again. But, you liked that, didn't you? It made me sound really tough. How many shots did I fire? You feel lucky, punk? No, we're not going to let somebody come in and wreck this place up. But basically... Somebody short of a church splitter, we're going to make room for you. We are going to love you. We're going to take you in. They're out there. We're going to take you in. But what we can't do is we can't look at our neighbors and say, oh, you're struggling with this? Then, oh, I must be okay. You're okay because we've all struggled. There's not a, this is not a plastic smile church. We're all, we're all here because we're desperate for the love of God and the truth of God in our lives. We have all brought messes to the table, and God is in the process of working on those in each of our lives. There is nobody here that has not gone through stuff that has things that they're ashamed of. There's nobody here like that. And so I want this to be a place that's open for people to come in and be openly dealing with stuff in their lives. But God wants you to look at a standard that's beyond our wisdom. Our wisdom is, is, is fed by the things of this world, by our neighbors, by the media, by who knows who else, your best friend who might, think, who might love you and they may, might mean well for you. But that's not going to be a standard that you can live your life by. And their affirmation of you in your, in your brokenness could leave you broken. So Peter meant well, your friends meant well, only God knows best. Our normal isn't healthy. All of us are broken is what Romans is saying. And guess what? The devil doesn't care whose compass you pick up as long as it isn't God's. He doesn't care if it's your own. He doesn't care if it's your parents. He doesn't care if it's your friends. He doesn't care if it's the media. Good luck. He doesn't care if it's Hollywood forget about it. He doesn't care if it's a political party. They're not going to save you. They all want reelected. Their main priority is to get reelected. Got real quiet. That is not where we get our compass from. Our compass can only come from one place. Our wisdom can only come from one place. If you are truly desperate for God's victories in your life in 2020, if you are absolutely determined to tell the devil, not this year, Satan, in an area, you need to look at that area and take it over to what the Word of God and His standard is in that area. And then seek Jesus with your whole heart in 2020 and watch Him move. I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know the victories that have eluded you. Worship team, you can come forward, please.
I don't know the challenges that you're up against personally. I've got the one that I'm facing right in front of me and, and, and the one that's affecting one of my best friends. I, I can see that real clearly because that's what my eyes are on right now. And you're the same way. What I've seen in the last few months leading up to this surgery is I've seen the hand of God in my life. Because the things that we have talked about in this series, about faith, about community, you all are blessing me like crazy with how you're taking care of Nicole and her family and how you're being concerned about me and mine. And I appreciate it. I do not know how people go through big things without community. Because the problem is, is when you're going through something, your immediate family, the people that you do lean on, it is affecting them just as much. And it's often harder to watch somebody you love go through something difficult. So your little support structure, the people that are, I mean, some people are alone in this world. And then some people just have a small family around them. And when they go through a hard time, they are all done in by it. And they're all just trying to smile for the other four involved. And that is, that's not going to carry you. I feel a community around me that gives me strength. I've traded anxiety for joy a long time ago, and I'm not looking back. I've traded fear for faith a long time ago, and I'm not looking back. And every time those things raise their head up at me and say, no, this isn't the way to go. I've got to look at Jesus and say, Jesus, what do you have for me? And then I say, not this year, Satan. Finances, I learned to trust God with those a long time ago. And I don't believe God could have trusted me with the church if I didn't learn to be open-handed in my own life. We're going to bless the people that come in and out of this place. Dylan's heading over to be a worship leader at Now Church next month. We are going to bless him in his last month with us. Bless him. Friends, what's crazy is we're already a tenth of the year in. I don't say that to depress you. I say it to inspire you. What does God want to see accomplished in you this year? What's the area that you need to trade your wisdom for His? Because you're not going to cross that finish line with yours. What's that area? We bow our heads and pray this morning.
If you're hearing me today and you realize that you've not trusted the Lord with your life, you're leaning on your own understanding. And by leaning on it means that's like that's what you are counting on is just your understanding. That means He's not Lord and Savior of your life. As far as I understand it, you're not trusting Him. Is today the day you're ready to trust Jesus with your heart? If that's you today, would you raise your hand? I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. I see those hands. Just keep reaching out to God. He loves you for it. Every step you take closer to Him, He is just so happy about it because you're aligning your heart with His. You're trading your wisdom for His. Maybe something came up in your spirit this morning. I believe the Holy Spirit is, a, is, is just everywhere in this room right now, ministering to each and every one of us. What is the area in your heart that you need to trade your wisdom for His? What is it? Do you want a victory in that area bad enough to trade your wisdom for His? And as the scripture said earlier, to become a fool for Jesus, basically so that you can trade our best wisdom and lay it at the feet of Jesus and then watch him just move in your life. Father God, we lift up these needs to you today. God, we lift up 2020 to you, even though we're already a month in. God, I thank you that there's a long way to go. God, I thank you that you want to use us in our jobs, in our families, God, that you want to use us as we uh, navigate uh, kids' sports activities, as we move around our community, God, that we wouldn't just play a board game and be satisfied to complete it, God, but that we would pull back and that we would ask you, how do you want to use my life? God, I thank you for how big you are, how good you are, and how much you love us. Each and every person in here, God. He loves you this morning. He has a best for you because he loves you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing a song together. If you'd stand up and worship. If you have something you want to pray about, these amazing people are up front ready to pray with you. And then when we close, uh, Andrew's going to lead us in a church prayer over the four of us. So. We'll be right back.